Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. But I wanted to get your opinion on see how you felt about the game. 
Yeah, I mean, overall, it was a really good game, mostly clean game. Um, two very well-coached teams, very uh, very close game. Um, I, I thought two, both teams had chances to pull away, but the other team wouldn't let them. Um, you know, both teams, both quarterbacks uh, handled themselves and, and, and acquitted themselves very well in this game. Um, you know, it, it kind of went – it didn't go the way I thought it would. I kind of had a feeling Kansas City could steal it if it was close. Um, I thought if um, the Eagles got a big lead that they could hold on and, and pull away. So I was su- surprised that the, uh, the Chiefs got back in this game. But um, for the most part, uh, it was a very, very good game. Uh, very, Like I said, very well coached and, and um, you know, very entertaining game. You know, we need to have some, some good Super Bowls when I was growing up. Um, most of them were blowouts, and the NFC dominated. And, you know, ever since I would think that uh, Tennessee Rams game, it's been closer games. More, you know what? Actually, Packers Broncos. If you go back far enough, um, when uh, you know the, the Broncos, John Elway won his first Super Bowl. It was the first close Super Bowl that I remember in my lifetime, outside of the Giants, uh, Bills. But um, that was the first one. The ASC won in over 14 years. And since then, you know, you pretty much have been getting some close games, blowouts here and there. But, um, you know, like I said, it was a good game, one of the better games I've seen. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, man, and I, there's another chef in the bun. I, I get to him in a second. For, for me, um, again, I honestly felt as though um, each team could could have won this ball game. I felt that turnover um, – you know, in the first half with the fumble by Jalen Hurts really yeah. kind of kick-started some things. Um, and I honestly felt as though it kept, it kept the, game. the first half. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you look at the first half, honestly, at the end of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles did whatever they want, whatever they wanted to get done. Um, they, I mean, they, yeah. they dominated the time of possession. They ran up and down the Absolutely. field. Jalen Hurts was running the ball. I mean, every, everything was kind of clicking, and, you know, that moment changed the trajectory of the game. I wanted to get Mr. Harvey in here to kind of get his opinion on it. Mr. Harvey, how are we doing this evening, sir? Hey, man, it's always a pleasure. We switched to Monday night. I forgot uh, last second. I remembered y'all said that today, so I'm like, wait, let me get in here. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so I'm a couple minutes late, man, but it's always a pleasure to, uh, to chop it up with you guys. You hear me okay? Yes, sir, we got you, sir. We got you, sir. Yeah, we had to we had to, you know, flip the script a little bit. Tomorrow being Valentine's Day, I'm not, I'm not trying to keep people married or with a significant, uh, significant loved ones. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, I got you. you know, you, we, I got you. We, 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 we got we got to do, man. With that being said, man, we're talking about the overall fill of the game yesterday. I wonder, kind of get your <laughs> position on how you felt it kind of played out. So, you know, actually, this is one of the ones that, uh, like, Thomas and I broke this down yesterday. And there's a lot that I said yesterday that really kind of came to pass in this game. And some of the things that I've been saying all week, uh, to Barry's point, I thought if it was one-sided, I thought it would be that Kansas City jumped up and made Philadelphia one-dimensional. I didn't expect that to happen, but I thought if it was a one-sided game, it was going to be Philadelphia. I said I thought the, uh, the Eagles had the best offensive line in football, but I said the Chiefs are not very far behind. And they played like it yesterday. Zero sacks, man. Uh, for, against a team that, what, had the third most sacks all time of any uh, defense in the history of NFL football. Um, so I look at this, I think Mahomes was extremely efficient. Almost 75% of his passes went off from that. And then he was uh, maybe better than that. Was he 20 or 27 or 21 or 27? So he, yeah, he completed his passes. 21 27. Yeah, so, I mean, one greater than being 75%, right? So he's over 75% complete, uh, completing the ball. Um, Juju came up. You know, the other thing that I said that I really felt like in this game, I felt like that Pacheco over 46 and a half or whatever that was going to be. I felt like that was a very solid number. I know that the Eagles had a bunch of running backs, but the thing that I said about the Chiefs backs is I thought they really had defined roles and had really kind of figured it out. And if there's one thing that the Eagles' defense struggled some at this year, it was against the run. I think they were definitely middle of the pack, a little bit below middle of the pack against the run this year. So I I thought that Kansas City could get some things done in the run game, and if you could allow Mahomes to kind of pick and choose his spots. Listen, all you had to know 
all you had to know was that Jalen Hurts threw the ball 11 more times than Pat Mahomes. Uh, but this was a well-played game on both sides. Both quarterbacks played really well, acquitted themselves well. I do think the turnover made a difference. But the other thing I want to point to real quick is to your point that you just mentioned in the first half, uh, the Eagles came in with a serious game plan. Let's put together long drives, 12, 13, 14 play drives. How do we uh, contain Pat Mahomes? We take the air out of the football. We keep him off the field, right? The second half, once, uh, you know, they had the, the punt return, they had a couple other things happen. Once Mahomes started t- scoring every time he touched the ball, I feel like the Eagles offense got they got a little bit nervous and started thinking, oh, now we got to really like we got to take big shots or we got to, you know, we, we they kind of went away. Delon, are you still with us? Okay, we see yeah, you hear me? a little bit of technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you now. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I, okay. Real quick, I got you. Real, real quick. I think they kind of the the Eagles kind of went away from what they did in the first half in some ways. I understand Kansas City made some adjustments, but I think like it's the whole equivalent of getting suckered into shooting threes uh, from a team instead of uh, you know actually playing your game. I thought the Eagles got a little bit away from that. They got nervous when uh, Mahomes started uh, scoring every time they touched the ball, so they got out of there playing a little bit. But that being said, a well played game um, on both sides could have gone either way. And I think the very first one I remember, Barry, that was actually a close Super Bowl, which surprised me, was the 49ers and the Bengals. Uh, the first time that was actually ended up being a one-possession game. But then you're right, so many blowouts until, uh, until like you said, the Giants, Bills won. And then again, uh, once you got to Green Bay and, uh, and Denver, and now we have had some better ones. A few clunkers along the way, but in general, the last 20 years of Super Bowls have been closer than the previous 20 for sure. Definitely, definitely, man. Um, I want to double click on something you said there um, about about Andy Reid making adjustments and the Philadelphia Eagles getting away from the game plan. Um, I'm not too sure they got away from their game plan, to be honest with you, because if you kind of look at how the second half played out. Um, I just think they, they they didn't convert on critical situations. There was an overturn call on a third down there uh, late in that ball game. You have a wide open receiver miss a miss a catch, um, and, and it literally is the second half. The Kansas City Chiefs came out didn't want the football. Like this this vaunted Philadelphia Eagles defense couldn't get couldn't get a stop. They needed one stop. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't want to say that the, the Eagles switched up what they did or anything like that. I mean, they racked up 420-some-odd yards of total offense and threw the ball for 300-some-odd yards. So, I'm not too sure they adjusted their game plan. I, I don't think at the end of the day you got yourself into a shootout with a team that specializes in shootouts. Um, well, let me clarify. Yeah, I think – I, I think I think you're right. I think I don't think it's more the Eagles got away from their game plan. I think the adjustments that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy made on offense really kind of carried them in the second half. I mean, the first half they moved the ball well. They had the missed field goal, but I mean they were scoring a little bit and they were moving the ball. But I think in the second half they they used matchups. They took advantage of the outside with their receivers. And and listen, you alluded to it, Mike, and, and seriously. Give that offensive line a lot of credit because that offensive line is completely rebuilt from the Super Bowl run that they had against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that was the reason – I think one of the reasons, if not the only reason, they lost that game to the Buccaneers. So to come in and dominate a a defensive line that's, to your your point, the the third most sacks in in NFL history, to, to not let up a sack, to um, barely get a handful of pressures. That offensive line dominated the game where everybody said the Philadelphia Eagles on the in the trenches were better than the Kansas City Chiefs. So give that offensive line credit. They were able to move the football, uh, give Patrick Mahomes time, and it was just being not out-coached but out-schemed in the second half, and Sirianni couldn't get the ball back to Jalen Hurts in, with at all. You know what I mean? If Jalen Hurts had another possession, it's a different ballgame. 
Right. And, and I, I, so, I think that's the thing, like, that that, that kind of, you know, I wanted to bring attention to. But go, go ahead, uh, Ms. Harvey. Go ahead and see what you got to say, So let me, clar- let me clarify a little bit uh, to my point, because I, I see what you're saying. There were definitely adjustments made. And so, like, I, I'm not trying to, like, uh, minimize the adjustments that the enemy and Reed and all the, uh, those guys made in the second half, right? Um, they definitely they definitely made adjustments. It worked. And like we talked about, they didn't punt the ball anymore. They they scored every time they touched the ball um, in the in the second half. What jumps out at me, I was told yesterday, I've said during the show yesterday that I thought that Kansas City's uh, line was uh, going to play well and they were pretty close. And I was told that the Eagles had the best line in football and Kansas City's line is not close at all. Uh, and so I think we saw a little bit different yesterday, but I, I guess my thing is in the second half, they got suckered into a shooting match. They scored and they were able to, and like, listen, the, the throw he made to, to Smith was a big time throw late in the game. I just felt like, um, even though there were some de- decent, uh, defensive adjustments, I felt like if I were the Eagles, um, the, you take those shots when it's there. But I think I still would have tried to be more intentional about having more longer sustained drives than to get the ball back uh, or than to have to try to put my defense in a position to make a stop so quickly each time. I, was, I, I felt like they just almost like they sped their game up too in the second half. And I would have liked to have seen them be able to put together a couple of 13, 14 play drives like they did early in the game. That might have, uh, that might have minimized the, the load you had to put on that defense. I mean, honestly, I, I I can't say I disagree with you um, from from that perspective. I just honestly felt as though, um, like, here's the thing: like, you lean on your defense all year long. Like this this Philadelphia Eagles team has has came up with big play defensively all year long, and you keep putting them out there to get one stop. Like the the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs was put together with, you know, bumpers, you know, you know, bumper stickers and, and, and glue, if you will. Um, and literally there was no sack register. Like Patrick Mahomes running around out there with one leg and you still were not able to generate any type of pressure um, in the second half or knock them back for a negative play um, in the second half. And at the end of the day, you, I, I don't understand – and I guess that's kind of what this game turned for me, um, gentlemen. Like you put you, you, you put the onus on your defense to to come up with a stop there, and, and they necessarily didn't get it done. Uh, the, the villain, I, I, I'll come to you, sir. Um, if you want to, you know, start looking at team by team. Um, would you say honestly that that Philadelphia lost it or Kansas City won it? I think Kansas City won it. I mean, looking at the first half, and I think you made a great point. The the the, the strip sack and um, touchdown changed the game because Philadelphia was about to go up twenty-one to seven. They were driving. They had all the momentum. I mean, it looked like their their previous playoff games where they just dominated the first half, and that turnover kept Kansas City in the ball game. Now, granted, they missed a field goal. Um, that would have gave them more points. But I think keeping it at a 10 homes as your quarterback gave them a chance. And then the, the second half, like I said, I felt like they out-schemed them. They, I felt like, listen, you're right. If I gave that defense a 10-point lead nine times out of 10 or 10 times out of 10 this season, they haven't lost that game. So to get dominated on the on line of scrimmage for the – you know they got no pressure. They 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 showed little to no resistance against that that offense. They scored every time they had the the ball in the second half. That was unexpected by that defense. So, um, yeah. But I think Kansas City they did what they needed to do. First half it was Kelsey. Second half it was receivers. Really, um, Juju Juju Suter Smith, your your boy that really found you know lanes in the middle of the field got open. Um, they 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 had two touchdowns that were the exact same play, but out schemed them right. You know, they he read cover zero. The the safety ran across with the 
the um, the motion man because they thought he was going to get that, you know, that 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 drag right across the field, or they were going to, you know, outrun him to the flank, and he went back the other way. It was great scheming and and really taking advantage of what they saw on on, on film. So I think the Chiefs took that game away from them, and and you know, I don't, I because the Eagles had a shot, they drove down. Uh, which hurts and, and tied the game up and got the two-point conversion, it's hard for me to really say that the Eagles blew it. I, I wonder. Okay, I mean. Oh, my bad. You didn't So I do think the one turnover, as, as you guys have said already, really uh, played a big role in sort of flipping this game on its ear. Uh, when – there were not a lot of sacks. There weren't a lot of negative plays. There were not a lot of other things to write home about. But I think either team was going to win this game. This game was well played on both sides. Uh, Jalen Hurts showed up, played well. Pat Mahomes was efficient, did what he had to do. Uh, you know, Juju, Pacheco, even McKinnon out of the backfield. Those guys did their thing. I, I will say I was a little disappointed in what we got from the, uh, from the running backs on the Eagles side of things. But you know, this this is a thing, too, like Bradbury says he held, and he did. There was a couple other ones earlier in the game. But that, you know, that flag kind of made a difference, too, and they were able to milk it. But as, as many times as they were able to kind of kneel on the ball and just kind of run the clock out, even without that penalty, I'm not convinced Kansas City can't uh, still get down the field and do what they need to do in order to score. But this game was won more than it was uh, given away by either team. I thought that – once again, I know that both teams played well, and this game was uh, definitely one to watch. There was one thing that I wanted to point out to you guys that I read, and this blew my mind. Pat Mahomes, in his career, in games that he has trailed by 10 points, has still won 58% of those football games. In games that he's trailed by 10 points, 58%. The next closest to that, it's like Montana or Brady or something, and it's like in the 30%. So that even in games in which he's at some point had a deficit of 10 points in that game, he's won almost 60% of those games. So that just underlines that whole statement about to be able to keep it to 10 and not let it go beyond that, uh, about keeping, you know, keeping them in striking distance. That's crazy to think that a, a quarterback that's played this many games so far in his career has been able to come back from 10 point deficits and almost 60% of the games that, that um, and almost 60% of those games they've won. That's crazy to me. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because at the end of the day, um, you know, you got to knock these guys out. You, you really do. Um, I, I've seen Patrick Mahomes overcome many, many adversity um, many, many odds there, and um, it just so happens um, that, again, I, I just felt that particular fumble really changed the tide, if you will, because, again, I just really felt that the Eagles were able to do everything that, you know, they wanted to do there. And, again, at the end of the day, um, you got to tip the cap to the offensive line um, and kind of, you know, hey, they, they they kept him healthy pretty much. He was able to survey the field. For whatever reason, Travis Kelsey was always open, if you will. Like, I don't understand how, of all people, this, this guy seems to always get open. And then the second half, you alluded to it, the, the scheme, the, 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 the motion, the, the, the miscommunication on the defense side of football uh, proved to be the determining factor. I wanted to flip the, on, the, on the Eagles side, um, I, I, I guess you can talk about the tale of two halves, if you will. You know, what what happened um, from your perspective, um, Mr. Harvey, to kind of to kind of shift this? Because, again, we all sat there and saw the Eagles were were moving and grooving, and then all of a sudden they, they weren't. Um, people want to say it's championship DNA. People want to say a, a lot of different things. But what say you, sir? I'm sorry, Sirius. Give me that question one more time, sir. Uh, I wanted to hear what you thought about what changed for the Philadelphia Eagles um, from the first half to the second half that, you know, 
kind of change the tide. A lot of people want to call it like championship DNA um, yeah. for the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. Um, what would change? Uh, no, I, you know what? I don't know that a lot changed other than the one turnover, which allowed them to kind of hang around. But I don't know that really a lot changes much. Serious. I did tell you, I, I, I thought that I would have liked to see them make a concerted effort to put together a long, long extended drive because that, that, that also did allow, made it harder for Kansas City to get in a rhythm in the first half. But I think at the end of the day, it's not as much what changed as, as much as at the end of the day, experience is our best teacher. Um, no matter the sport, a lot of times, it, you know, you start getting into deep waters, and let's be quite honest, in this game of football, the third and fourth quarter in the biggest game of the year is very, very deep waters, right? And so at the end of the day, it's just kind of what I thought. I still think the Eagles might have had the more talented roster, but what changed is what we started the game with, man, and that is is that as good as Jalen is and as good as he was yesterday, the more experienced and the best quarterback in the game, plus a more seasoned veteran coach with an offensive coordinator who really knows what they're doing and they understand the system and they're all on the same page, a defensive coordinator who's been there for a while too. This is a group of men, um, leaders of the team, coaching staff, whatever else, that have been together for a while and have really been through these wars. And so I think at the end of the day, experience got them. Uh, you know, just a little bit more experience, a little bit more seasoning on that Kansas City sideline and under center for that Kansas City team. Best coach and best quarterback in the game. As good as Jalen is, the best coach and the best quarterback. At the end of the day, made the difference in this game by a razor-thin margin, right, by a last-second field goal. But I think that's what made the difference. Villain, I'll come to you, sir. Um, you know, you're, you're – you're, 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 your division foe kind of came up short here. Um, And I'll be honest with you, man, like, like, you you know, the the wife's the Eagle fans. uh, I I had to comfort the wife. But, um, you know, what what changed for you um, between halves? You know, again, people want to say it's championship DNA. We'll talk about the, the, the calls here in a little bit and things of that nature, but I wanted to kind of give you an opportunity to kind of talk about what may have changed from your perspective from the Philadelphia Eagles side of things. They couldn't stop the run, and they couldn't adjust to to motion. Um, I, I read stats on the game. I mean, it was obvious. I think you guys alluded to it, but when you read the stats, it's even better. 17 rushes for 120-something yards in the second half. Now, a lot of that was on Mahomes scrambling, right? I think it was like 40 or 45 yards, something like that. Especially that long scramble to set up the field goal at the end of the game, right? That was a big run. That was probably his biggest play of the game, and it didn't come on his arm. It came on his legs, right? But, um, they couldn't stop the run. And give Andy Reid credit. They, they stuck with it, right? This is a guy that, you know, your wife can attest to in the years past, threw the ball way too much with, um, with Donovan McNabb and didn't run the ball. And then um, now they commit to the run game. The time they stopped them in the backfield was when Mahomes was kneeling down, right? When Mahomes was kneeling down to set up the field goal. Um, they ran the ball. Pacheco uh, was 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 ran the ball hard. Um, McKinnon even had some nice runs as well. But they stuck with it, and and they needed to because Philly Philly's offense was on the field for 20 minutes in that first half, like you said, serious, right? So in the second half, they had to get that defense a chance to to recover to to catch them, to catch their win, and you know it gives it gave them it gave them a boost because. They they only got 11 points in that second half, the Philadelphia offense did, because they barely had the ball. Um, and they had some stops, right? They had some you know, some drives and they had stops. But, um, give, you know, they couldn't control the line of scrimmage, uh, Philadelphia, on the defensive side and on the offensive side. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't get after the secondary, which is pretty good, but not great, right? Bradbury's good. Uh, Slay is really good. But it put them in a position where they had to make plays, and then they got caught. 
38 that everybody's complaining about. So the fact that they couldn't get pressure and they couldn't control the line of scrimmage, they couldn't stop the run, and then they couldn't adjust to the motion because safeties, they, 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 they kept playing man, and you can't play zone against Mahomes because they'll carve you up. But because they, they chose to play man or cover zero a lot, that motion really got them in a bind, and they couldn't adjust. They couldn't cover the whole field when Kelsey was in motion or when a receiver came in motion. And they call, it, it bit him. It was, it was almost like they did some of the same stuff that that the Eagles did to them in the first half, really making them cover sideline right. to sideline. And, you know, right. that's why the Eagles were able to sustain those drives. Let me give you one play, right. though, if you don't mind, real quick, before we move on to this. Uh, late in the, four, in the fourth quarter, Pacheco took a pitch, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson came up and just lit him up. Like, he tore him He lit him up. Yeah, like, like, like they're probably still picking fragments of uh, plastic out of his chest hair today. He hit him that hard. But the, but just a couple plays later, they took the break. They came back, and just a couple plays later, Pacheco had a big run, a big positive run. Like really bounced, you know, he bounced back from that. Uh, listen, we've seen some running backs come off the field and not come back <laughs> for that. Uh, with yeah. the same uh, type of. Uh, uh, juice right after that, but he took that hit and he came back and made a huge play uh, for them uh, later, just a couple of plays later to, you know, get them into, get them a first down and get them down into where, you know, where they were able to continue that drive and it ultimately kicked the field goal. But what a big uh, bounce back from, from Pacheco after taking a serious, serious lick from CJ Gardner Johnson. You know, and I there's think a lot that, being made about that. Right, 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 right. No, no, I, and so to me, I think that epitomizes, you know, the story of this game that Kansas City took what the Eagles defense had to give them, even when they got hit in the mouth on that one play right there, they just took it and they kept coming back. And I think that play is kind of a good metaphor for the rest of this football game. Right. I feel, you, I feel you. I mean, I mean, there was a lot being said about that particular play um, that that Pacheco took, and honestly, I thought it was it was a good, clean play, and I'm, I'm glad he was able to get up and finish the ball game. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of pivot to the the the, the penalty that was called. Uh, a lot of people are talking about that being a bad call, and you can't make that call there. And obviously the conspiracy theories are talking about uh, scripted and this thing being rigged. Here's my take on it. You know, here's my take on it, gentlemen. Like, it was the right call. Um, However, it wasn't consistent. And I think as an athlete, all you want is consistency. Like if you're gonna make that make that call late in a ball game, you need to make that same call in the first quarter. You know, you need to make that same call in the third quarter. Um, you know, I played the, I played the game, um, and honestly, I, I think as an athlete, you just want to understand where the line is. Um, there was a call that Bradbury got bailed out on early on in the third quarter that was more egregious than the particular one on Juju late in that ball game. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say the wrong call was made. I just don't think it was consistent with how the game was being officiated, which made the whole thing questionable. Mr. Harvey, I, I'll come to you. I, I'm, I'm sure – you, you, you've seen and heard about it. I wanted to get your position on, on the call that, that was made yesterday late in that ball game. You know, so, it's, what I, he, I'm sorry. Was, you, that, was you, that me right. or was that? No, I think he asked me first this time. Uh, so, oh, God. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm no, so so I, I think there's a couple things. I do think there were some other times where there could have been calls made and weren't. And so – I get what you're saying about the consistency, but I think at the end of the day, here's my thing. If you got bailed out a few, a couple other times in the game, you can't necessarily be expecting to be bailed out every time. And this was a spot where he really did grab him right inside his pad, coming right out, I mean, right inside his jersey. 
you know, coming right out of his break. So at the obvious time, and the guy even said, clearly stated, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely was holding, right? Like he 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 copped to it in the in the in the post game presser. And so at the end of the day, like I, I get what you're saying, but I just think like it's hard to look at this and say, okay, the guy said he did it. Um, it was you could see the the hold take place, and so. I'm looking at it, and so how do we ask an official, even if you did let some things go earlier, how do we ask them, you know what, just ignore it. He he, he committed the, the penalty, but just ignore it. Don't call it right there. I, I, I think that it was the right call. I, re, I really do, and I've gone back and forth on it a lot. And I understand, like, I hate to see, you know, the balance of a game swing on a call by the official – but at the same time, I don't know how you just turn a blind eye and ignore the call. It's kind of a lose-lose situation for the official in that situation because if it doesn't get called and it was blatant and then it goes back the other way, then you kind of hear the same sort of uh, you kind of hear the same sort of thing. I was on that side just a few years ago at an NFC title game where there was a clear pass interference that didn't get flagged. Uh, so oh yeah, I remember that. Listen, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think at the end of the day. Uh, he was bailed out. There were times that he did get away with it. You can't expect to get away with it every time. Eventually, you're going to get caught with your head in the cookie jar, and he did. That's all I got, Billy. No, I mean, I listen. I agree. It's it sucks that it came down to that play. Mike, in serious, because um, it was such a clean game for the most part. I mean, they yeah. kind of let them play. But, you know, um, you left it up to the refs to have to call it. You know what I mean? Like, Bradbury right. didn't have to hold him. He, he held him. He said he held him. He held him on his break. He hooked him a little bit, and he grabbed the jersey. He held him. I mean, a lot of cornerbacks play the game handsy. And most of the time, it doesn't get called. There's holding on the offensive line every play. It either gets called or it doesn't get called. Either it's egregious enough that it has to be called, or they kind of let it go because it's part of the game, quote-unquote. Bradbury was handsy and left it up to the referees to have to make that decision to call it or not. Yeah, you would like it not to get called, but that's just saying you wanted Jalen Hurts to get the ball back and decided that way. Like you guys said, there mm-hmm. were plays earlier that Bradbury didn't get called on that could have, you know, like that third down play when Juju got clearly got hooked. That If that drive continues, mm-hmm. maybe they score that drive. So it's like, what you know, it, it sucks, but it's on Bradbury not to hold him. It's on him to play the, play the game clean. So, yeah, it sucks, but that's the game. And if it doesn't get called, then we're talking about it was a clear hold and it didn't get called. And then they allowed Jalen Hurts to get the ball back and blah, 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 blah. So it is what it is, man. Like, you hate to see it end that way. But you know what? The play is the play. And the rest had to call it. That's it. See, and again, I mean, with all due respect, I mean, I, I, I get where you guys are coming from. And again, the right call was made. I'm, I'm, I'm not negating that the right call was made there. Um, and I'm never going to sit here and say that the game came down to, 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 to that play because we all understand that it didn't. But to, 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 to make the call there and not anywhere else, I mean, again, these officials, all we ask for is consistency. That, 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 that's all we ever ask for is for them to be consistent and call the game the way they're going to call it all the way down. And he should be, he, he, you know, they should have thrown the flag on that third down play that you, you got held early on in the ball game. But you don't compound an issue by throwing a flag, you know, late at the end of the game. Like, it, it, just, it just reeks of, of favoritism, if you will. It, 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 it gives the – the people who feel though this is rigged and scripted and all that type of stuff, room to talk. <clears throat> and I honestly don't feel that the, the, the league is scripted or, the, you know, that there was favoritism or anything like that. It's just 
want to remove all doubt and alleviate all, you know, scrutiny. And if you make a call at that particular moment, you know, it, it kind of opens that door. Now, who's to say is that the Eagles go down and, and, and get the game time field goal or get the game, you know, winning touchdown or whatever it may be, time will be, time will tell. But I feel as though if you're going to swallow your whistle in the first half, you got to swallow your official probably was on the second half or be opened up to scrutiny. Again, it was the right call. It was the right call. I want to make that very, very clear. It was the right call. But if it was the right call then, it was the right call before, and you blow it on both accounts. You know, call the numbers 929-477-2759 here with Sports City Chefs talking Super Bowl um, from, from yesterday's ball game. I wanted to open up the discussion, uh, Dylan. We were talking about something offline. Um, that 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 there are people that literally um, are, are fans of the moment, if you will. Um, and I, I, I wanted to give this, you know, it, it's just due because Patrick Mahomes is literally setting himself up to go on a run like we like 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 like, like the Tom Brady's of the world, if you will. Um, it doesn't matter who he has at receiver. He seems to, you know, magically get it done like the Tom Brady did. You know, he's got two Super Bowl MVPs, uh, two Super Bowl wins before the age of 27, if you will. Um, for the most part, he's playing through injury. He has a, a Hall of Fame head coach, if you will, and Andy Reid. And there are those that are trying to put him on the Mount Rushmore quarterbacks already. Um, what say you, sir, kind of, you know, lay it out as we were talking about offline about the one and only Patrick Mahomes that pertains to, to Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and the others that, you know, kind of laid the ground on the floor. I mean, this win puts him in that talk of top ten easily, right? Um, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that have multiple MVPs and multiple Super Bowls. Um I, I was watching TV today, and you know, got you know, Shannon Sharp had him as the goat. <laughs> you know, some guys on ESPN had him in the top three, and I'm like, when he retires, if you know, he's lucky enough to have a long career, we will finish there. But to put him there right now is being a classic prisoner on the moment. It's a, it's it's kind of corny. Uh, it's just like saying LeBron is the greatest because you're seeing him right now and not putting it into context. I mean, if his career stopped right now, I have a hard time, and I can win any argument putting Peyton Manning ahead of him. I'm sorry. Manning's got five MVPs, two Super Bowls, um, you know, touchdowns, passing yards, anything you can talk about. His numbers are better. How how can I say just because talent-wise, Patrick Mahomes can do things, Peyton Manning. So what? The numbers don't lie. Ball don't lie. Just like uh, – just like Rasheed Wallace said, you know what I mean? Like, so I think, you know, after five years, he's on a trajectory that nobody's ever seen. And his first five years in the league is better than, I think, anybody's first five years in the league by, by far. But to kind of put him in, anoint him and put him in the top, you know, three or put him as the GOAT just because you've seen him for the last five years, is kind of premature. Now, that doesn't take away from what he's done in his career so far. Nobody, Like I said, nobody's five years uh, as a starter. Um, you know, he's doing things unheard of, and we have to appreciate how good he is and how, you know, he almost effortlessly makes it look and all that kind of stuff and how, you know, early it was the weapons that he had, and now it's the team that's around him that's younger, and he has to be the leader. He's still doing it. He's doing it better than a lot of people who have ever done it, but – I'm not going to put him ahead of Joe Montana because they have the same amount of uh, uh, super. They have the same amount of MVPs. Joe Montana has two more Super Bowls and was flawless in every Super Bowl. You know, Mahomes is two of one in the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. So, you know, pump the brakes. But I think by the time he's finished, if he has a long enough career and sustains, yeah, we're having that conversation for real. I mean, definitely. I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day, I mean, this this guy's on a trajectory to to to, to break records and 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 to be uh, playing late in 
you know, January, early February for, for a long period of time. Mr. Harvey, I'll come to you. You saw the conversation that we was having offline about the trajectory that Patrick Mahomes is currently on and this Super Bowl win and subsequent MVP kind of puts him on a trajectory to challenge one Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and, and those alike. Uh, what, what say you about, you know, Patrick Mahomes and his exploits to, so far? I agree with uh, the villain and that he has to stay healthy and continue to play out his career. But you just said a couple of things that I want to kind of double click on. But in his first five years as starter, he's been in the conference championship game every year. Uh, he's 3-2 and two in conference championship games. He's 2-1 and one in Super Bowls. And quite honestly, the one Super Bowl he lost, um, I find that hard to put on him, gentlemen. Uh, when you look at what that the state of that offensive line, and I mean, the, he ran for his life that whole game. Um, that being said, you know it's crazy to think that this is the first time in 23 years that a guy actually completed the the regular season MVP and the Super Bowl MVP in the same season. Uh, that's a remarkable feat. This guy's already got a couple of MVPs. He's there. And then, like you said, it was the weapons like Hill on the outside. There were so many people going into this year that thought that Kansas City was going to take a step back this year without Tyreek. Um, improved chemistry with Kelsey, continuing to grow that relationship, and then breaking all these new receivers or Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who didn't do anything yesterday, but let's make no mistake, made some big catches in the conference championship game. To Juju, waking up in the second half, to even a couple plays to Tony, and, and he kind of ran the same play to Sky Moore. Um, this guy is a leader of men. He's uh, got a tremendous grasp of this position. And can transition through and, and and continue to to lead a team, and you don't always see that um, without the same kind of weapons, the same kind of success. And this year, um, if I'm not mistaken, looking at the numbers, I believe that this was the most passing yards he's ever thrown for in a season, and that's without his deep threat that he's had, you know, for his first four years in the league as a starter. So, you know, I I think top ten already. Maybe five. I don't put him ahead of Brady. I don't put him ahead of Montana. I get your point about. Uh, I get your point about Peyton Manning. Uh, that that could be more of an argument. We could talk about. Uh, you know, we could talk about the ability to come back and lead your team back and that kind of stuff. And we could have that conversation. Uh, but I, you know, he, to me, his trajectory is, is as you just put it. it it's as high in his first five years as about anybody we've seen. Um, this guy has the potential to really be one of the guys that by the time he hangs it up that we're really talking about in that GOAT conversation. No other quarterback has two rings by the age of 27. Um, so that's that's pretty special in and of itself. I don't know that I would, you know, I don't, I don't put him ahead of at least two guys, maybe three or four, uh, but – Top five, maybe top ten for sure, and then continuing to rise, right? Like, um, I I think that he's still scratching the surface as far as uh, uh, how good he can continue to be. You know, and and it's funny, though, because, like, everybody forgets that Peyton Manning led one of the best comebacks in, in playoff history against the Patriots to get to his first Super Bowl and to win it. That game, they were down at home to Tom Brady. He came back in that game one. You know what I mean? So I, I, like, I get what you're saying, but here's, here's why I, I, I fight back with you, Mike. I don't have Mahomes in the top five. I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's an argument. I, if he is, he's five. Like, I think people forget how good John Elway was. You know what I mean? Like, how he and dragged a different time, for sure. Yeah. teams. Yeah, he dragged teams that were garbage. To the to the Super Bowl against really good 49er and Giants teams and a really good Redskins team as well, but they had no business. He he, had, he never played with a Hall of Famer. 
and drag those teams to the to the Super Bowl. I think people forget how good John Elway was because it was a long time ago. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, like we're saying, prisoners of the moment. Like, we just forget how good these guys were. Like, say what we want about, you know, Brett Favre, but we we forget how good he was. You know what I mean? For a long period of time. Like, you know, Dan Marino was a great quarterback. Otto Graham doesn't get enough credit. You know, Johnny Unitas is the standard that a lot of quarterbacks are built upon. Tom Terry Bradshaw has four Super Bowls. He has only one MVP, but in a different era. Tom Terry Bradshaw doesn't get enough credit because that defense was so good. Those last two Super Bowls he won was because of him and his offense, not that defense that was aging at that point. So, you know, listen, I, I love Pat Mahomes. And I know he's top ten. I know that. But top five, I need more than five years to do that. That's why. That's why I said maybe. That's why I said maybe five, but definitely top ten right now. Um, What I can tell you is this: if he plays a long career, like if if this guy plays fifteen, twenty years, if that number still is anywhere close to forty-five to fifty percent of games that he finds a way to win when being down ten points. Uh, you can miss me with all these other guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. If yeah, we can't assume, like we can't assume, and this is what bothers me about a lot of TV guys. They assume, like especially Dan Orlovsky, like he's gonna get three, four more Super Bowls. Like, yeah, it's it's not given, man. It's it's hard to get to the Super Bowl. Everybody, like, clear example. My guy, Eli Manning, after his second Super Bowl, he was honored. He was like, everybody was like, he is a surefire Hall of Fame. Two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, where his numbers were projecting. You know, everybody said he was in the in the Hall of Fame. Now it's a debate if he's there, right? Like, we don't know because he never got back. He barely got back to the playoffs. It's not given. Everybody thought Dan Marino was going to get back after that first when he got shellacked by a, a great 49er team. He never got back. It's not given. It's hard, and especially in that AFC with Josh Allen, with Lamar Jackson, with Joe Burrow, who is going to get a Super Bowl before his career is over. Justin Herbert. It's not a given. It ain't. It, 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 as good as he is, but we say he's gotten to the AFC championship five years in, in five years as a starter. That's hard. He's going to have a lull. Like, they're built to win, right? They they got rid of a lot of guys. They have 11 draft picks this year. 11, and they got they had the third youngest roster behind uh, the Texans and I think the Bears with uh, rookies that were playing, and they still won a Super Bowl. And they had a, a, a friendly quarter, a team-friendly deal with their quarterback. They're positioned to keep doing this, but it's hard. It's hard. Definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, man, like, I, I, I think we'll, we'll prematurely, you know, anointing him as, as the reincarnation or the second coming of, of TV 12, if you will, or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, I, I, I think time will ultimately tell. Um, and again, I think we may be prisoners of the moment um, at the end of the day, because we want the here and now, like, if Jalen Hurts would have would have won that game yesterday, would we be having the same conversation about Jalen Hurts about how he's you know the best Philadelphia Eagles quarterback to ever do it and this that and the third and um, you know is he better than Patrick Mahomes because he beat Patrick Mahomes? He actually outplayed Patrick Mahomes, if you will, you know statistically. Um, but you know I, I think we're all very much prison, prisoners of the moment. Um, and I think that we need to go ahead and temper our expectations on uh, anointing Patrick Mahomes as the uh, as the incumbent, you know, goat of professional football, if you will. Real quick, serious. I don't know that he really outplayed him yesterday because I no. think Mahomes did it. I think Mahomes did exactly what he needed to do. Like I said, better than seventy five percent completion rate, even on a bad ankle. And when he needed to, he was even able to break out and get some yards running the ball. I, I can't say that Jalen outplayed him yesterday. I think both quarterbacks played well, uh, but I can't say that Jalen outplayed him. He did not have to do as much 
because of the running game and other parts uh, stepped up for the Chiefs. So uh, Mahomes didn't have to do as much as Jalen yesterday. But I don't know if I would say that he outplayed him. When, I mean, it's like, what else you want Mahomes to do? Uh, he only, you know, he threw the ball 27 times and only six of them fell incomplete. You know what I mean? So uh, right, but I agree right. with every, I, I agree with everything else that you just said. I do think we have to temper expectations. Uh, Barry and I talked about it last Tuesday. And uh, Chandler and I again on Thursday, man. Arlovsky's a clown. Um, there's always some crazy takes, and I think sometimes he just puts some of that stuff out there just to try to grab headlines, man. Um, yeah, like, like he really is a clown. And for a guy, for a guy who actually kind of played the game, I mean, he played at UConn. He was sort of the Lions' quarterback, you know, when they weren't very good. But this guy, like, uh, he he is definitely. Hey, I, yeah, I got to be careful because I know Britt Favre tried to sue somebody for uh, saying the truth. Right, 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 right. But, uh, but, but I, I got to, I got to be real careful with what I say here. But I just want, like, he'll say one thing. Uh, I think sometimes just to grab attention and just to get people talking about it. Um, and so, and then you look up, and a couple weeks later, he says something that's almost the uh, the complete opposite. Of that, you know what I mean. Joe Burrow was supposed to be no better than Andy Dawson at one point when he went got into yeah. the league. So, I mean, listen, uh, prisoner of the moment for sure. And I don't know if it's just like it makes this guy feel good for people to be talking about. It. It's like, uh, what did Kobe Bryant say about Roger Bell? He he maybe should have gotten a few more hugs when he was growing up. I gotta push back a little bit, serious though. I gotta push back a little bit. I think the best quarterback on that field wasn't a Philadelphia uniform. I gotta be honest. Like, and it's not, it's not shade to say that against Pat Mahomes, but Jalen Hurts didn't do anything to lose that game. Maybe a bet one fumble, but he he was he made every throw. He made every right decision, running the football, throwing the football. I think he accounted for four touchdowns, one throwing, and, and three rushing. If I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, yeah. He played a hell. He played a hell of a game. Um, I think he's gonna get paid, um, and he deserves it. I think everybody kind of, especially Micah Parsons, right when that whole um, controversy came out, questioned how important he was and how good he was if he deserved it. To come, from everything he came from, and you know Mike better than I do, at the SEC with at Alabama getting benched in the national championship game, going to Ohio State, coming in as a second-round pick behind Carson Wentz. They didn't really think he could do anything in this league, could throw, and, and to be an MVP candidate and almost solidify his MVP candidacy when he went down. This team uh, went, what, one and two without him or something like that. So, um to have a game like this in the big game, what it, it wasn't too big. The moment wasn't too big for him. He played his game. I got to give him a lot of props. And I can argue that he had a better game than Patrick Mahomes. And it just did it differently. But um, give him all the credit in the world. Listen, I love Jalen Yeah, I was a believer in Jalen even going into this year. When the Eagles, mm-hmm. when the Eagles grabbed A.J. Brown in the draft, I told everybody to look out. And there were some people that said, well, you know, this is Jalen's prove-it year now that he's got weapons. You know, um, they, you guys know I'm not lying either. There were Philly fans that were swearing because of his run, running and everything else that Jalen Hurts uh, probably was not going to be the long-term answer for them at the quarterback position. Everybody acts like right. – and, and, and the sad thing is, it's not just it's not just old white people that say this, but everybody acts like uh, until you see it really work, they're like, like oh, I want this guy to be able to get in here and and stand in and make these throws. Um, mm-hmm. They want him to be able to stand here and make these throws. And listen, he made any throw you needed to make. That throw that he made to Goddard, whether or not he caught the ball. Uh, that throw that he made to Goddard was a big-time throw. That throw he made to Smith um, when he got down to the one-yard line, that was a big-time throw. And all I know is all these uh, all these Eagles fans that were doubting whether or not Jalen Hurts could take them to that next level, I don't hear – listen, I don't hear them chirping now. 
the this Philly franchise is in great shape moving forward, and you've got your future. You got your franchise quarterback, man. Like I, I'm so happy for Jalen Hurts and the way he played the game yesterday. I'm glad the Chiefs won because I predicted it on the time of Sunday morning brunch. But I, I'm so proud for Jalen and how well he played. And it's such a good story just to be able to overcome some adversity and, and some down spots and be able to, to rise and play this game at the highest level that it can be played at. I mean, yeah, there's one play he'd like to have back. And if he has that play back, maybe they win the game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, Jalen has arrived. Yeah, man, yeah, man. I, I, I'm very proud of Jalen Hurts. I'm very proud of what the Philadelphia Eagles were able to accomplish as he progressed, um, you know, talking about, you know, off-season stuff, there's going to be a lot of questions that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to have to answer as they prepare for the 2023 um, season. But with that being said, I want to get you guys out of here um, in enough time uh, to get done what you need to get done. So I want you to get plugs and close out. Mr. Harvey, man, thanks for coming to kick in with us on a special edition at a free fall, man. Give us a plug and a close out to get out of here, my guy. Man, it's always a pleasure and a privilege to chop it up with you guys, man. I think we just fam now, man. Uh, so I appreciate it for sure. Listen, sportscitychefs.com. Check out the blogs, websites, everything else. Uh, got all kinds of cool things going. We got shows four nights a week right now. Uh, this is our NFL free for all. We got to figure out some baseball stuff. I'm going to get with uh, the villain and Sirius, and we're going to chat some things up. Uh, Wednesday night, the Cars Cookout, good versus uh, the villain. Timeless versus the villain, where good always wins. And then we have the Thursday night show. We've been doing roundtable gumbo, Chandler and I, kind of a hodgepodge of stuff, but we're going to keep doing that or maybe just change the baseball. we still got to figure some things out, but we got to, uh, Chandler and I are still going to be coming at you once a week. So this past Thursday night, man, if you want to go back and check it out, uh, it was really cool with everything going on in uh, football this week. Barry and I chopped it up uh, on the Super Bowl on Tuesday night. But on Thursday, uh, Sirius came in with us as we were uh, serving up gumbo at the round table. And uh, we talked basketball for the majority of that that show um, because of all the different trades and and the NBA really kind of stole some of the sports headlines on Super Bowl week. And I don't know that that's ever happened. So uh, Thursday night, check us out there. And then the time of Sunday morning brunch, as I just mentioned, on Sunday mornings, man, listen, NFC Championship stuff, uh, if you want some real cheap stuff to send overseas, uh, you can even get some of their championship gear that was already pre-made from phiapparel.co and um, use the promo code CHEFS at checkout. Get 15% off. Uh, Phillies are coming up soon, though. Flyers still in season. Sixers in season. So all your Philly uh, sporting apparel needs, like phiapparel.co, check it out. They got all kinds of uh, – you know, unique and uh, good designs, uh, you, you're sure to stand out in the crowd if you shop with them, man. So go ahead and grab anything from them. And remember, you can listen to us on all your smart speakers and anything else. Just ask to play Sports City Chefs. Like and subscribe, man. The numbers always help us, man. And uh, much respect to uh, TP, the big homie. Without him, I wouldn't be here with you guys, man. Respect to you, villain, to you, Sirius. Uh, shout out to Chandler and other guys that chop it up with us on a regular basis, man. And as we say in South Louisiana, bro, peace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Mr. Harvey, man. Look forward to kicking it with you guys, um, you know, on Wednesday night show. And then I may be able to pop back in on Thursday, man. Villain, man, give us a plug in the club as we shut it down, my guy. Yeah, man, listen, uh, thanks for, you know, everybody listening, Mike, and, and, and coming in on a Monday. Usually we're on a Tuesday to close this thing out, but, uh, you know, it's Mother's Day tomorrow, man. Make sure you buy your girl something nice. Don't wait till the last minute running a CVS, get you some, you know, half-open chalk tails. Sponsoring the show, get to the uh, website, use the promo code CHEF, get 15% off your order. I just want to say, listen, uh, Andy Reid, man, solidified himself as a Hall of Famer, but, you know, these clowns have wanted him to put him in the top, Two, top three all-time coaches, man. Pause. Pause on that, man. Yeah, y'all doing too much right now. You're doing too much. We'll talk about it on the um, on the callers cookout. Look out for that on Wednesday. We're back at it. So, um, serious. Always a pleasure doing the show with you. I'm sure we'll be back doing some um, some NFL draft stuff. But you know, the, uh, you know, you know, you know the what time it is. What we're gonna do. But uh, always a pleasure, man. I'm out. Peace.
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, thank you so much, Villain Man, rocking with me all year long. Thanks to Mr. Harvey for coming through, uh, kicking it with me, man. Uh, also filling in, uh, you know, when I'm down or when things, you know, get out of, out of whack, man. Shout out to everybody who's been rocking with us all NFL season long, man. Uh, we're in the process of trying to talk about some things and, you know, kind of get a front office type of show put together. Um, my father and I are going to get together um, in the next couple of weeks and do a fill of finger foods and kind of talk about what's going on, everything Pittsburgh filler-wise, get that out to the people, man. But I, I will say this, man, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. You know, uh, a, a lot of people, um, you know, unfortunately take their lives and, and you know, go through depression and things of that nature due to the loss of a loved one. Um, so I definitely want everybody to be safe. Uh, whether you're married, dating, single, divorced, whatever the case may be, um, you are loved by somebody. And with that being said, as people would always say, man, tell a friend to tell a friend. It's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now we know, man. We out, man. Peace and love. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports city, sports city, chef, you, chef, Uh-huh.